reading for today comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 13. Now we command you, beloved, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness and not according to the traditions that they receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day, so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we did not have that right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sila. Sila is one of our confirmants who will be professing her faith and joining the church in our next service. So we thank her for being a part of our worship this morning. Good morning. Y'all doing okay? Are you warm? You snuggled up with your friend next to you? Are you ready to receive the word of the Lord? Are you ready to receive the word of the Lord? Good, 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 good. We are in 2 Thessalonians today, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, as you just heard from Selah. If you've got your Bibles, wham, open them up to 2 Thessalonians. It's right before Timothy. If you hit Timothy, if you hit Titus, you've gone too far. Back up just a little bit. It's right there. Um, so before we jump into Thessalonians, though, um, just in case this is your first time joining us, you've already heard it this morning, but we're in the middle of our stewardship season. Um, this is when we do a little health checkup, so to speak, on how, on how we're stewarding our lives. It's when we remind ourselves that how we live matters, that our prayers matter, that showing up and being present uh, for the other believers in the body of Christ matters, using our gifts matters. How we use our money matters. And today we're focusing on how we use our time. How we use our time matters. So you may have gathered from the reading um, from 2 Thessalonians 3 that there was a, a bit of a problem in the church in Thessalonica. And without getting too deep into the history and the context of their circumstances, I'll just say this. The church in Thessalonica was a fledgling church uh, made up of brand new converts to Christianity. And the persecution against these believers in Thessalonica was so intense that Paul had to leave abruptly before he really had sufficiently instructed them on how to live a life in Christ. So Paul left in order to keep them safe. As long as he was there, they weren't safe. So he leaves, but he kept in touch with them. And he gets a report that things um, aren't going so well, that there were some problems there. The first one was that there was a major misunderstanding on Paul's teaching about Christ's return. Okay? Uh, just... He had to clear that misunderstanding up. So you see that in 2 Thessalonians. Uh, secondly, they were just growing discouraged because of the intense persecutions that they were facing. And so, so Paul's second reason for writing them and what he addresses is that discouragement. He's, in, he's encouraging them and he's reminding them that the Lord is faithful and the Lord will protect them 
from the evil one. And then the third problem or the issue that Paul addresses is that there were some among them who were idle. So they weren't working. They were not working. And let me clarify, these were people who could work, but they refused to work, which meant they weren't contributing to the community of faith, which meant that others had to care for them when they were perfectly able to provide for themselves. So their idleness was harming the community because not only were they not contributing at a time when that church, when that community of faith needed everybody to be all in because of the circumstances surrounding them, but instead of having something productive and profitable to do, they were busybodies. They were nosy rosies. Yeah, they were minding everybody's business, but their own, right? They, they were busy gossiping and finding out what was going on, I guess. I don't know, they were making uh, videos of their cat for TikTok. I don't know, they just were not being productive and they were in everybody's business. But why were they idle? Like what was causing that idleness in the first place? Were they lazy? Well, a lot of scholars don't think that they were lazy. They don't think laziness was the issue. Many think it has to do with that misunderstanding of Christ's return. You know, if they believed Christ's return was imminent, like it could happen at any moment, why should they work? Why work? Because Christ could come and interrupt all that at any moment. Now. For us, I'll just say this, Jesus did promise that he would return for his people and this belief that Jesus will one day return and set all things right is a great hope for us, right? That is so true, but Jesus never said when that would happen. Instead, what Jesus talked about was being ready for when he returns, being ready. So. When he returns isn't what matters. How we live in the meantime, that's what matters. How we use the time we're given is what is important. Remaining alert to how God is working and moving so that we can join him, staying awake to the needs of others and making our resources and ourselves available to help, being available, to be used by God when he inspires us to act or to speak or to serve or to give and not becoming distracted and maybe even entangled in in what everybody else is doing or saying or proclaiming or insisting upon and therefore being unaware and maybe even unconcerned about the call of God on our own lives. In their idleness, they had become distracted and entangled in things that don't matter. And it was causing harm to the whole body. So there's an essential theological point that the Apostle Paul makes in in a lot of his writings. Uh, We see him saying this over and over again. And he insists that his pastors teach this to their churches. And it's this, we are saved for good works. We are saved for good works. We aren't saved by our good works. We are saved for good works. So in his letter to the Ephesians, for instance, Paul says, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. 
In Paul's letter to Titus, he says, remind them to be ready for every good work. Now, why does Paul insist on this? Because Paul understood that we were created to be co-laborers with God to build God's kingdom. This was the call God gave Adam and Eve in the garden and therefore all humanity. Be co-laborers and co-creators with me to bring beauty, creativity, ingenuity, and goodness into the world. But of course, we know how that went. Humanity failed at that calling. We became distracted and disinterested in that divine calling. But as Paul teaches Christ washed away our sins, including the failure to partner with God to do his good work in the world. Christ gave us new life, and he has poured out his spirit upon us, and now we are perfectly equipped and able to be the co-creators with God that we were created to be. That is why it's important for the church to ask, how are we using the time we have? Are we alert to the movement and the work of God's spirit? Are we awake? Are we available and ready to join God in doing his good works in building his kingdom? How many of you have watched Hamilton? Show of hands. How many of you have gotten to see it live? Oh, oh, Keith. I'm so jealous. I've never seen it live. I would love to. I wish I didn't know that about you. That's going to hurt my relationship with you. Uh, anyway, uh, it's so good. Uh, I've watched it numerous times on Disney+. Plus. In fact, this past week, uh, I've watched it two times this past week. Um, and... There's a line that the Schuyler sisters sing that says this, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. History is happening in Manhattan and we just happen to be in the greatest city in the world. Y'all are all disappointed that I did not rap that, aren't you? But now it's an earworm. It's stuck in your head for the rest of the day. You're welcome. The sisters could see what was happening around them. They could see that the hope for independence, the hope for building a new nation could become a reality in their lifetime and they were ready for it. And one thing becomes clear as you watch Hamilton, what they hoped for shaped what they lived for. What they hoped for shaped what they lived for. Every character, except the King of England, of course, every character was ready to do whatever it took to build a new nation. They knew that a new nation would not result from idleness, that it would only come from their leaning in, everybody being all in, and everybody doing the good and necessary work. Friends, as followers of Christ, we are the recipients of an even greater hope and an even greater calling to be co-laborers with God to build his kingdom. And we are recipients of that hope and calling because many others before us were faithful to put good work into the world so the message of Christ would continue to spread. What they hoped for 
shaped what they lived for. So what do we want for the people of Parkway Heights? What do we, your leaders, want for you, the members of Parkway Heights United Methodist Church in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Well, we want the hope you have in Christ to shape how you live. We want your hope to shape how you live. We want you to be a good witness in the world. We want you to do your work with integrity and honesty and joy and in the strength of the Lord. We want you to be patient and hospitable and kind. We want you to be alert to how God is working in the world. And we want you to be ready to join him when he asks you to act or speak or stand up for something when you sense the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we want you to give your time to your church family. We want you to give your time to your church family. Not all of it, of course, but we do want you to commit your time here. We don't want you to overextend yourself. Hear that. We are not doing you any favors if we ask you to be overextended and stressed out because of the time you spend here. We don't want that. However, when we all commit our time, right? And on occasion are willing to make a sacrifice of time for the community of faith, then we all benefit. What do you think happens in the family of God when 20% of the people continually do 80% of the work? The 20% grow tired. And, and what if that 20% that everybody's relying on to just do everything gets sick? or they can't continue to give as much time and energy as they have been, then the good work God calls his people to doesn't get done. And again, what is that good work? It's the kingdom work of teaching, of mentoring, shepherding, visiting, listening, praying, sharing the good news, serving, on and on and on, right? There is good work to be done. And we aren't healthy unless everyone in the body of Christ is finding their fit and contributing to the body by using their gifts and giving their time. A church body that is idle is a body that is dying. What happens to a limb like a leg if it doesn't get used. It atrophies. It becomes useless. It's there, but it's not functional. And the death of that limb is not far behind. On the other extreme, what can happen to a body part, say an elbow, if it's overused? Injury. Injury. So we want to guard against both of those things in the body of Christ. We want to guard against atrophy and we want to guard against overuse that results in injury. The key is balance, right? It's about balance. All parts of the body working together, serving according to their own, each, every, each person's giftedness, everybody contributing in healthy, balanced ways. So no one atrophies and no one is overused. So this stewardship season... We want you to ask yourself, am I balanced in how I'm using my time?
I mean, we want you to look at your days and your weeks and look at how your time is being spent and just ask the Lord and yourself, am I balanced? Am I atrophying anywhere? Am I overused anywhere? How do I need to become more balanced? Then how can I steward my time better so that I can be available for kingdom work? What is one step I can commit to that will improve my balance and therefore help improve the balance of the time that I spend in my church family, right? Like the church in Thessalonica needed everybody to be all in so they could be healthy and they could be strong and they could persevere through the challenging times they were facing. And look, it was bad there. We have nothing like that coming against us. But you know what we've got coming against us? Subtle things. Subtle things that want to take our attention away from what's really important. Distraction from the culture. Distraction from what's going on in the church. Conversations that are not building up. Conversations and words that are tearing down and focused on exiting and separating and dividing. We are distracted. We're distracted. And so we need to think about, Lord, where am I balanced? Am I alert? Am I awake? Am I ready? And how am I using my time? So that we as a body here at Parkway Heights and in our community, like we can be faithful people of Christ so that God is glorified and that we are putting the good work in the world so that future generations, because of us, because of our good work, know about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. That is why we're here. Yeah, we're going to put up Christmas trees. Yeah, we're going to drink hot chocolate. Yeah, we're going to have fun together. I mean, that's all super important. We're going to do all of that together. But really, we're doing it because we want the world to know about Jesus and how good he is and how abundant life is when we live for him. This morning, we've got seven young people coming to join this church. Seven young people who have been on a journey of learning about who Jesus is and why he's so fantastic and what it means to be a member of a church community. And we have been talking to them about discipleship and faithfulness. We have talking to, been talking to them about everything we've been talking about in the stewardship season. And you are their mentors. You are their guides. You are the ones who model this for them? What are we teaching them? Would they look at us and they see our faithfulness or perhaps lack thereof, right? What are we teaching? What are we teaching them? There they are. Y'all turn around and look at them. They're making their way up front, so it'll be a lot easier for you. Y'all come on up. Alex is going to talk to you a little bit about these awesome people. Look how good you guys look. Last time I saw them, they were on a retreat and we were dirty and hot and sweaty. Y'all clean up really well. Y'all clap for them. Yeah, look where's some this. applause? We need some. 
While they're coming up, I just want to pray for all of us, and then I'm going to turn it over to Alex. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much that you have been in this room and that you have been saying, yes, lean into me. Listen to me. Let me lead you and guide you. Be awake and alert. I have so much to show you. Lord, we thank you for that. And we confess our shortcomings, Lord. We confess our distractedness. We confess all the ways that we have spent our time on on less than beautiful things, Lord, but that we have ignored what you have called us to do. Lord, convict us of that. Help us to be balanced. Help us to be ready. And help us to give what we can in a healthy way to build your kingdom. In this expression of the body of Christ, Parkway Heights. Lord, we thank you for that calling. We thank you for the gift that this church is to us. And we thank you for these beautiful young people who are coming to step into that and to say, we're all in. Lord, let us be good mentors and guides for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.